The book of Acts chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. Acts chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. The Lord had me, he uh, pulled a fast one on me this morning and told me to preach this this morning. And then I strongly felt afterwards that it was a word for the entire church. Acts 13, 6 through 12. And when they had gone through unto the isle of the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elamus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, this Elamus is this Bar Jesus, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the way, the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season, and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. I want to release something to you today, a message entitled Kingdom Confrontations. Kingdom confrontations we are coming into the spirit world in this message like it or not so buckle up unbuckle whatever you got to do grab your neighbor and say hold my hand whatever you have to do but we're going into the spirit world today okay would you help me lord jesus release the gift of faith right now i come against every demonic power that would hinder anybody from a miracle in the name of the lord jesus in fact i thank you for miracles in advance starting in this altar call that are going to bleed out the next seven days in this church i worship you in magnify you and glorify your holy name for what you're about to do and could somebody clap your hands to Jesus one more time in Jesus name you may be seated every miracle involves a war every time someone gets an answer from God there was a war involved Every time someone is healed, there is a war involved for that healing. Every time a soul is saved, there is a war involved for that person's salvation. That person doesn't just show up to church randomly and receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized because it was their day. I promise you there was a fight before they got there. Some people in this room right now, devils tried everything they could do to keep you from being here this morning. But because God was on your side, here you are anyway. I may not be able to shout, but I'm here anyway. I may not be able to dance, but I'm here anyway. Some of you are bleeding on the inside, but God has brought you here anyway, despite what hell tried to do to you. And that's how the devil works. He fights for everything. It's, everything's a battle. Everything is a war. Everything is some, there's some kind of strategy involved. Why? Because you are 
important to the kingdom of God and you are important to the kingdom of hell. You might feel like you have low self-esteem and nobody cares, but angels and demons are both watching you right now every day of your life and promise you hell wants your soul and heaven loves your soul more than anything in this world. Everything involves battle. Everything involves a war. Every miracle, every blessing, every direction. If someone's seeking direction, there'll be a war in the heavenlies for their life. They'll be praying and they'll be seeking God for weeks and months sometimes. And Daniel prayed, for instance, for answer, for direction. Three weeks he prayed and angels and demons were fighting over the answer he was going to receive from God because anytime someone needs direction or needs an answer, a war breaks out in the heavenlies. Hell is trying to stop you from hearing from God and heaven is trying to stop you from listening to hell. Isn't it amazing how heaven is trying to pull you one way and the devil is trying to pull you another way? Isn't it interesting how when you're in the presence of God, all of you wants to live for God, but then when you're not, other voices can pull on you because it's a war for your soul. Heaven is trying to get you to be thankful and hell is trying to get you to get bitter. Heaven's trying to make you love everybody and hell's trying to make you see everybody's flaws and everybody's faults and accuse and condemn. Heaven is trying to say, remember what I did for you. Thank me for what I did for you. And hell is trying to say, someone doesn't like you. This is going to go on. It's interesting how heaven is interested in your future and hell is interested in drama of your life in the present. And if hell can distract you from what heaven is doing, you can sit in a service right beside somebody else, hear the exact same message They'll worship God and get a breakthrough and you'll be a statue because of voices that are in your head that are talking to you that are not the same voices as the voice of God. So there's this man that heaven and hell both wanted. Sergius Paulus, a deputy. Heaven wants to save him. Hell wants to destroy him. And because there's a war for his soul, they both send people to him. Heaven sends him an apostle, a prophet by the name of Paul. And hell sends him a false prophet, a sorcerer by the name of Elamis or Bar Jesus. And they're both going to war over the same soul. Heaven sends someone some, some answer and hell sends some. I told them this morning, isn't it funny how certain people, when they come to God and they get the Holy Ghost and get delivered, meet someone the next day? Y'all are a little tighter than the morning crowd was. Just saying. Isn't it funny how certain people, I give everything to you, God. I'm in such a low place. I thank you for taking, I can feel you. And the next day they meet someone. And then they're not back at church next Sunday. Why? It's a war. Isn't it funny how you're witness to someone and you're, you know, I've got them. They've got the revelation of the truth. They're seeing it. It's over. And then something happens. They talk to someone. And you're going, what in the world? It's a war. It's not a game. Some people act like it's a game. They can do whatever they want, chill in church, relax, and be raptured. But I promise you, it's not a game. It is a war. And heaven's watching you and hell's watching you. It's amazing how there's a fight for everything that God's trying to do. And heaven sends someone using the gifts of the Spirit, and hell sends someone used in sorcery. The, 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 the match is set. The players are in place, and there's a war for this one man. It's so interesting how every time there's a breakthrough, hell is always on sight. 
anytime there's going to be a great service breakout, demons will show up. And they're here this morning. They're here right now because they know when something's shifting in the atmosphere, they can sense it before you can. Now, I know some of you are going to get this, but I want you to at least hear it, okay? Devils cannot pick up on everything that's going to happen to you. They don't know if you're going to get a million dollars tomorrow. They don't know if you're going to get the Holy Ghost today, if you're going to be healed. But what devils can pick up on is angels moving. When Daniel prayed and fasted, here came the angel. The devil showed up to fight the angels. Why? Because they're fallen angels. So they pick up on angelic activity. So if there's demonic activity around you, it's because angelic activity wants to approach you. And demons will shut up. And demons are mad because God is sending answers. Stop getting mad at God and start thanking God that though your answer was delayed, it's still on the way right now because of the fight you're in is a signal to you. It's a signal. Something's coming. Tell your neighbor something's coming. <laughs> I was in a service, and I was in a youth camp, and there was this, it was a tight youth camp, five nights, and the first four nights, I preached my guts out, and normally, you, you know, first night, by second night, the kids are exploding, worshiping God, and great things are happening. These kids were just, they were wanting it, but something was locking them down, and there was a lady halfway in the back, and best way I can describe her is a, she looked like, if I would picture Jezebel, that'd be a Jezebel, <laughs> And uh, she's about halfway in the back, and, and she was worshiping, and then, and then she would really work the altars the first four nights, and, and I didn't think nothing of it. She was always around me. But then the, the fourth night in the altar call, and I'm working the altars, she was right behind me, and I'm praying for a kid, and I'm praying for God to bless his future and anoint him and do great things through him. And I walk away, and when I, I hear her go pray for him. So I just come back to her, and she said, I block everything the preacher prayed for you. I've been doing it all week. I'm blocking everything he prays for all the kids. I'm stopping everything he says. Oh, yeah. I don't know how your altar calls go, but I was like, thank you for sending her, Lord. You didn't send her, but you sent her, didn't you? And I said to her, you will not be back tomorrow night in the name of Jesus. And I prayed, and God stopped her from coming back the next night. An amazing breakthrough took place. Several received the Holy Ghost. Several miracles, a crazy miracle. But let me tell you, it was a war. Everything great coming to you will involve a battle. If it's getting hard lately, that's a good sign. Something must be coming to you. Hell would not be fighting you if something wasn't coming to you. I like to say it like this. If you can tell you've been on hell's calendar for a while, you must be on heaven's calendar too because they would not show up to attack you if heaven was not coming behind them to get the last word. And God will get the last word in your situation. God will get the final say. Somebody shout, he's a way maker. He's my way maker. He's my way maker. And so the Bible said Paul set his eyes on him. Someone needs to lock eyes with that demon. We have too many people that are non-confrontational apostolics. I'm not talking about being confrontational with your neighbor. I'm talking about being confrontational with hell that's in your house. 
You can't tell me you really have the Holy Ghost if you're non-confrontational with hell. Because truly, if you have it, you're in a kingdom war and stuff will show up to you. You can bury your head in the sand, but I promise you, hell still will attack you. Whether you worship God or watch God do everything, hell will attack you. Period. And he locked eyes with him. And he started talking to this demon-possessed false prophet, sorcerer, and first thing he said was, oh, full of all subtlety. That word is deceit and guile. You're a liar. You're lying to the guy God sent me to win. You're deceiving him. I heard one preacher say the other day, if, if hell in the, in, the, in the gospel, when Jesus was raised from the dead, if hell had, had the people pay the soldiers to hide the fact that Jesus was resurrected and Satan financed people trying to hide the resurrection, what do you think hell's doing now? They're lying to every person you're trying to witness to. They're lying to some of you about your miracle that's coming. They're overwhelming people. It's amazing how you can go to the house of God, hear a message, you know straight to you, but there's so many other voices. But I know that's true, but. And then he said, oh, full of all subtlety and mischief. Now, when I read the word mischief, I thought, Okay, he's calling him a troublemaker. You know, people that are always into starting things. No? You know someone. If you don't know someone, maybe someone knows you. <laughs> like, you're always starting stuff. Why? That's what I thought it meant. But that's not what it means at all. It means to have a lazy love for an effeminate life. He said, oh, yeah, you're a homosexual. That's what he said to him. You have a lazy love for an effeminate life. You may not do it, but you're not really against it. It's getting quiet in here. Yeah, spirit world is here. Good. You want a cute sermon, bring someone else. That's what the word said. Read it yourself in the Greek. You have a lazy love for an effeminate life. You're not doing it, but you're not really against it. You're thinking about it. And Paul said, I can see it. I can see it and I can feel it. And it, I bet you the sorcerer wasn't so bold right there. Like, whoa. And Paul said, you're a fact, you're a child of the devil. That in the Greek is you're a pupil of Satan. You literally go to class and he teaches you how to act, how to deceive. There are people in church that are not really here for revival. It's getting really tight. God must be about to do something great. Thank you, Jesus. If you're mad, you got a demon on you. Because this is the word. He said, you are an enemy to all righteousness. If right, oh, I'm going to say it. If righteous preaching offends you, it's because you're an enemy to righteousness. If you want fluff 
and praise me, those services come and go. But if you do not like righteous preaching, then there's something in you that opposes righteousness. And let me tell you, the word said, unless you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, nothing's going to happen. But if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. But we've got too many people that don't want the righteous preaching tickle my ears and make me feel good about me. I'm not after you personally, but I am after the spear world right now that wants you to sit there and relax and be chill while demons run through your house and attack your kids and attack your family. Someone needs to stand up for righteousness and say, no, God is alive. I serve him. He is my savior. He is my deliverer. And he demands me to live holy, to live righteous, to be a servant of his. Somebody praise him for his righteousness. Somebody praise him for his holiness. Somebody praise this for his goodness. Amen. Some people are not there for revival. I told him this morning about a service I was in, and I was on a Saturday pray, praying before the Sunday service, and the evangelist quarter started shaking. I was like, man, something's weird going on around here. Weird place, and I'm praying. So I called, it was about 12, 13 years ago, before I went on these long fasts, I called Eli Hernandez, and I said, oh, what does this mean? He said, witchcraft is near you. I said, oh, that's nice. Thank you. He said, yeah, you'll see. So I told the pastor that night at dinner, I said, he said, oh, yeah. He said, there's three national sorcerers campgrounds in the, in the United States. It's a triangle. One is in Florida. One's in the upper Midwest, and one's on the West Coast. And he said, the one that's in Florida is 10 minutes from our church. And right now, they're having the national sorcerers and witches like camp meeting. I was like, thanks for bringing me in this weekend. Of all the weekends, thank you. Because they're going to leave you alone, but they're coming to me. I know they are. And, and so I call her brother Hernandez back, and he said, now they'll send someone tomorrow to the service from the campground to try to release the spirit of witchcraft among the people. I'm like, how does that work? He said, they believe if they can touch everyone and shake hands, and this is going to stop you over from hugging people right now. <laughs> I'm not, nope. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Ain't touching me, witch. <laughs> brother Warlock, I'm not going to hold your hand and pray tonight. trying to bring unity and I'm causing division right now. Someone just scooted away from someone they didn't know on the pew. What? Don't be looking at my kids. And so he said they're going to someone's going to be in there and they're going to try to shake hands and they're going to try to release that they think it's going to work. I'm like, "Do I call it out?" He said, "No, you'll know who it is. You'll meet him." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm like, church start. I'm like, "Who is it?" <laughs> Can't. Someone, it's not going to be a, you know, the blatant non-worshipper because we know that's just a sinner that's just needing God or a saint that's needing God. Forgotten that he... I get scared. I'm sorry. If God gave someone the Holy Ghost, baptized them, and Jesus, I get scared when I get around them and they don't want to worship him among 800 people that are worshiping. It's, that scares me because he's too good. But if you, know, if you know anything about it, I get that. That's, that's normal, but... but so 
there was, you know, there was a guy in the front row, and he, and, and there was a few of the visitors. I'm like, oh, I don't know, it could be him. He was worshiping like that. So after he's, they're shaking hands and stuff, and, and he walks up to me, this guy, and instead of shaking my hand like this, you know, like if I was to walk to this big guy right here and I was to shake his hand, put my hand out right here and shake his hand like that, that's how normal people do it. He went like this. He pulled his sleeve up and went like that to show me his school of witchcraft tattoo on his forearm. I was like, oh, you're the one. He said, absolutely. He knew that he knew he knew. And I said, it's not going to work in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. And he left that building. Wait, wait. I want to tell you something. Some people take church services so lightly. And it's scary when they take church services lightly where the power of God always falls in that place. Because that means angels and demons are in that place too. I just had a friend that went on a 21-day fast, and there was a girl in the back row of his church for six months clapping her hands, you know, acting like she loved it. Six months. He fasted 21 days. He steps in the pulpit on the 22nd day after he just finished fasting, and as soon as he takes the pulpit, she was an undercover witch the entire time. Stands up and starts cursing him, cursing his family, putting all these kind of chants on him. He walks back, casts the devils out of her, prayer through the Holy Ghost right there on the spot. But let me tell you, she was sitting there the entire time. Because this is war, not a game. Church, I want to say it. Church is not a game. Being faithful doesn't, well, it matters. It doesn't really matter. It's not a game. Paying my tithes doesn't really matter. It's not a game. You are in a kingdom that represents greatness and the power of God. And hell will see you. And they see you as a target no matter who you are. Whether you're a spectator or you're a preacher or you're an intercessor or you're someone that just shows up once in a while, you represent the kingdom of the Most High God. It's a war. Paul started calling him what he was. Paul just called it out. This, that, this, and that. And let me say this. It's very important that you know how to talk to things that are against you. You, you gotta have, if you've got dominion, you've got to learn how to talk. Adam had dominion over all the animals, but God said you've got to name them. Because you can have dominion over something, and if you do not know how to talk to it, you can have power, ready for this, over an addiction. But if you do not know how to talk to the addiction, oh, it's quiet now. <laughs> well, I just hope God delivers me from alcohol one day oh god give me strength not to mess up this week that's not what it's about you might be embarrassed so do it in your car speak it alcoholism in the name of it's quiet in the name of jesus i have dominion over you you are going down in jesus name Perversion. I've got dominion over you. You're going, oh, it's quiet, but I'm going to get it out of here right now. Every spirit that hell is in your house with has got to be spoken to by its name. It's not going to leave if you just ask for strength. Call it by its name and demand it to leave in Jesus' name. Why? Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. Speak to him. And he will leave. We've got too many people submitting to God, but not resisting the devil. Oh, God, I submit. If you, if you don't want me to fall, you'll give me strength. 
This is going to get real quiet, so just kind of close your eyes. Ready? Just ignore this part. But some people in this room don't want deliverance because they're in love with their devil. It's true. And no matter what I say, in fact, and they usually get madder and madder in a message like this. Get more and more upset. Why? Because it, it's drawing a line in the sand. And the question involved with the line is, whose side are you on? Are you saying that you're a Jesus follower Sunday, but you don't fear him Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? You're on the line. You need to choose a side. You got to talk to it. David didn't talk back when his brother said, you're a nobody. Get out of here. You don't belong in this battle. And David didn't say a word when Saul the king said, you're just a kid. You can't fight Goliath. But when Goliath said, you're dead, David said, I'm not, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm supposed to talk back to you. And Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Ready? Here's the mirror. Here's the revelation. Goliath, you come with. I come in. Your protection is with you. My protection is on me. I cannot be defeated because I'm covered. Someone needs to remind the devil that you're covered right now. Stop fighting him in your flesh and fight him with your covering. Put on the whole armor of God. Someone needs to put some armor on right now. You're trying to outthink the devil. You're trying to be strong in your flesh. Put the armor on and stand up and say, I come to you in the name Come on, wipe the dust off the armor. Wipe the dust off the whole armor. Put the armor back on. You're a soldier, not a slave. You're a soldier in the army of God. You're a soldier in the army of God. Put your covering on. Here's some, I'm just going to give this for free, okay? Here's some things to tell the devil when you're getting attacked. First of all, I'm covered by the name of Jesus. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm covered by the Holy Ghost. I'm covered by the word of God. I'm covered by the shield of faith. I'm covered by the angels of the Lord. Ready for this one? Some of you don't like this one. I'm covered by my pastor. That's why you can't afford to step into rebellion because rebellion is as the sin of And when you step into rebellion, you step away from covering, and now you're fighting the devil. But when you get covered, when you're submitted, oh, someone doesn't like submission. But when you're submitted, you're covered. And David said, I'm covered. So you can't, I got a prophecy of being king, and I'm not king yet. So apparently you're lying. And hell will do anything to convince you. But when you start realizing, if I fight covered, they cannot touch me. If I remember who's on my side, if I remember who loves me, the stuff you're saying cannot get to me because I know who I serve and I know who put the anointing on me and I know who's covering my life. 
And Paul looked at him and started talking to him and calling him what he was. And then he said, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee and you're about to go blind. Bishop told me today after church, I never realized this. This was the very first miracle Paul ever did. And he blinded someone. Why? First miracle Paul ever received when he got the Holy Ghost. He got blinded. He kind of walked in that anointing. Because I got something you don't want. I got authority here. <laughs> Man, Bishop's always got stuff I can't think of. And he said, the hand of the, watch the confrontation, ready? He said, now the same God that heals can make you blind. Same God that opens blinded eyes, blinds open eyes. Same God that raises the dead, kills the living. Now, some, we don't like this, I know. But ready for this? We've got too many people that are apostolic that want miracles but no judgment from God. Just preach about all the good things, all the great things, and tell us how God loves us and God does love us. But the problem is, you're, the, the word said that our God is a consuming fire. And so sometimes, if you're close to glory and you're not living right, you can find the judgment of God hitting you before the miracle hits you. I'll dig it out. The same Peter that said to the lame man, such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, looked at Ananias and Sapphira and said, you just lied to the Holy Ghost and you're dead right now. The same Paul that said on the boat, hey, be of good cheer, the angel of the Lord visited me. We're not going to die in this ship. And then he looked, that same guy with such great anointing looked at Elamus and said, you're blind. The same Elijah that looked at the widow woman who was suffering and said, don't worry, every day when you come back to this barrel, there'll be meal in the barrel. There's going to be a miracle every morning in your house. Looked at, Eli looked at Jezebel and said, you will be eaten by dogs. The same Moses that stood before Pharaoh, let my people go, and he brought three million people out of Egypt on one night and opened the Red Sea with his powerful anointing that God backed him up with and, and could strike a rock and water would come out to provide and manna could fall out of heaven because he was so close to God. The same Moses, if you talked bad about him, Dathan, Korah, and Abiram, the ground would swallow you up whole. Why? Ready? Here's the revelation. I told them this morning. I want you to get this. The closer you are to the glory of God, there's two things that happen fast. Miracles and judgment. That's a signal glory, isn't it? If the pillar of fire is in the camp, the pillar of cloud is in the camp, if you need a miracle, it'll happen like that. But if you need judgment, it's quiet. Ready? The closer a church is to the glory of God, things will happen in a great way. If I was at a church like this church where people are getting the Holy Ghost every week, let it sit, let it sit, let it sit. Every week, the Holy Ghost, the glory of God is falling. I would be scared to be living in rebellion, hatred, racism, whatever it is, because if it can get on you, it can bring the judgment of God to you because why? The glory is in the room. And when the glory is in the room, things happen. Now, if the glory's departed, 
Like when, when forever, when the, when the glory was departed, Ichabod was born, the glory of God departed, there was nothing going on. There was no vision. There was no miracles. There was no healing. That God wasn't talking. There was no judgment. Eli's sons were terrible kids doing terrible things in church for all these years. Never got judged. Never got attacked. Finally, they died in battle years later. Why? There's no glory near. But when the glory of God is near, it demands miracles. It demands judgment. And Paul, who could have looked at him and said, you know what? You need the Holy Ghost. said, you know, you'll never convert. I can see you're an enemy of the righteousness of God. You're going blind right now. Here is what I want to tell you. We've got too many people in church that do not fear God at all. They will sleep through a service. They will sit up and not care that God could take the breath from their lungs like that and they could be a step. Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt instantly because of the power of God. But we've got a lot of people that really don't fear him. If you feared him, you wouldn't do that when you're by yourself. If you really feel, oh, it's quiet in here. If you really feared him, you wouldn't go there. If you really feared his presence, the Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. Could it be that angels also encamp around people that don't fear him and they just don't deliver them? Here's the message. Paul is preaching, and this guy stands up to oppose him, and Paul says, I can see what you are, and God blinds him on the spot because there's a fear of God in Paul that he knows I can't kick against the pricks. He's too real. He's too powerful. He's too strong, and I know he'll back me up when the enemy is coming against someone that's trying to be delivered, and the guy that got trying, that the enemy was trying to steal, God delivered him, and God won that man's soul because he listened to a man that feared the Lord. But the problem is, like in Mark 4, when they're in the, the boat and they're fearing the storm, we've got too many people that fear everything but God. This is going to happen. This person could hurt me. This could happen. This could fall apart. We could lose the house. This person could. I'm going to sleep. In fact, I'm going to sleep with 48 lights on. Because, sorry, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen tonight. Something could happen. And you fear things. I'm going to deal with that spirit because that's in here. It was here this morning. That spirit of fear that says, this could happen. This could happen. And it's almost like God's eliminated from any equation of protecting you because of what could happen. And they're in that storm and they're afraid. And he stops the storm, Jesus does, and says, why are you so fearful? And then the Bible said they feared him exceedingly here's the revelation if you want to conquer what you're fearing you don't just thank god when he stops it from happening you fear him for stopping it can i say that again if you just thank god oh thank the lord that it didn't happen last i thought, I thought they was going to attack me and you got me through thank you lord they'll be back tonight why because it's you're, you're simply thanking god but not fearing god but fearing god said lord you're bigger than what i thought was going to hurt me Whoa, it's not that just that you're, you're bigger, but you stopped it, meaning you have more power than what I thought had power over me. So because you have more power, I'm going to fear what you can do, not what the storm could do, because I sense that you're greater. 
Someone needs to get a hold of it right now. The key to your miracle is to start fearing God. Don't be casual when you clap your hands to him. Don't act like he doesn't exist when you raise your hand. Fear him. The Bible said, fear the Lord, ye his saints. There's no want to them that fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Stand up right now for the Holy Ghost. Let's all stand. Who needs a miracle in here? Who's been dealing with fear in here? Someone telling the devil, the devil tell you you're going to die? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you, I, I'm going to change it up before we pray for anything else. If you've been dealing with fear, be honest, male or female. If your agent was come stand up here, come stand up here right now. You've been dealing with fear. Let's go after this right now. You're afraid something's going to happen. The enemy's just coming at you. It could be fear for a loved one. Fear, this is, this is, I just keep seeing this car wreck. I just keep seeing this happen. It's fear. The devil is painting a picture for you in your mind. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You know what cast out fear? Perfect love. If you're fearing, you're not close to the love of the Lord. If you're in constant fear, you're not close enough to the love of the Lord. Because that perfect love of the Lord removes it. When you see him stop something, and you realize he really loves me. Well, bad things happen all the time. Yeah. Stop reading the news and start reading your Bible. Get off of Facebook and get your face in the book of God, the Word of God. In fact, I think it said, he will never leave me or forsake me. That why should I fear if the Lord is on my side? I will not fear man. Why should I fear what man can do if God is with If man can really do it, then God is going to let him do it. Because no enemy can get to me without going through the Lord first. Oh, I feel like talking right now. I feel like hitting you with this right now. You know what David said? He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. How do you magnify something? You take a magnifying glass and it appears larger than what it Why? He's saying you've got to get God bigger in the picture of your brain than what he's been. If he's some little creature that might help you, might not help you, you've got the wrong idea of God. That's why you're tormented by the devil. But if you start magnifying God, Oh, he fills up this entire room. He fills up this entire city. He fills up the entire state. The heavens cannot contain him. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. The mountains bow before him. The clouds, the clouds, the Bible said, are the dust of his feet. Everywhere he walks, everything must bow. In fact, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the king of everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. After all, he made this world. He made you. He made the devil he made everything someone needs to acknowledge how great he is he's still the creator he's still the king he's still the messiah so here's what we're going to do if you're in the audience you don't do, some of you are lying 
Well, I don't act like I do with fear. Okay, fine. Be tormented tonight. But some of you in the audience that are, that are not dealing with it, I need you to help me. I'm about to pray for them. But can you pray for, with me from back there for them? And pray out of love. I mean, pray out of love. That they would feel the love of the Holy Ghost that's about to take place in this altar. And then when I'm done praying, I'll invite everyone to come up here. And we're going to have a move of God. Crazy things are about to happen. But fear is about to leave this house. Leave your family. And most importantly, leave your mind. Are you with me right now? Are you with me right now? Where's Bishop at? Can you come up here? I feel like having him do something. I feel like having him lead this prayer over everyone right now. You will feel the love of your shepherd as he prays over you and fear that's been in your house, on your kid, everything attacking your sleep will be removed right now. When we start to pray together, every spirit, not of God, every tormenting spirit, hear me, Lucifer, right now. Your days are numbered. Everything you've been saying is a lie. I speak liberty right now for the, the pastor to pray over the people. And there will be deliverance upon them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come against the spirit of fear. For we, Lord, we know that perfect love casts out fear. And we know, Lord, that when we have the fear of the Lord in our lives, when we reside under a covering of submission to your power, that we do not fear he who can destroy our body, but we fear the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. So today, Lord, we come under the covering of the power and the blood and the word and the name of Jesus Christ. I pray against fear at its source. I pray against traumatized people. I pray against the spirit of the devil. I pray against torment. I pray against the media that is launched an attack on every sound mind. I pray in Jesus' name over everything that we've allowed in our mind. And I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus that you would break the power of fear by the authority of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Would you lift up your voice and in a roar begin to worship God out of the fear of the Lord? Would you worship him? Would you fear him? Would you magnify him? Oh, magnify him. Oh, magnify him. He's truly great. He orders every your step you make. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows every detail. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what he said. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. In the name of Jesus, loose him, God, from every attack, every stronghold, every spirit. In the name of Jesus. There you go, Bubba. Let it out, Bubba. Let it out. That's the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' name, loose him, God, from every stronghold. In In the name of Jesus. 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 Someone lift up your voice and let hell hear you. Come on. Don't pray out of intimidation. Pray out of authority. Pray out of authority. Pray out of authority. Atlanta West, will you get out of your pews now? Will you join me up here? Would you join me and start worshiping God? Can we worship the Lord together? Make a step toward him. Make a step out of the pew. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fear, leave now. In Jesus' name. You will not be afraid of what the devil's been telling you. 
There's a shifting right now. There's a shifting going on in your mind. You're not going to think like the devil wants you to think. You will not be a victim. You will not sit there and let hell torment you. But you will choose to believe the voice of God. You will choose to believe the voice of the word. Come on, we sang it earlier. He's alive. If he's alive, act like he's alive. If he's alive, believe he's alive in your own life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, warrior. Hallelujah. Come on, intercessor. Hallelujah. Come on, prayer warrior. Stop hiding from the devil and stand up for the Lord. 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 You will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by night. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. You will not be afraid of what hell says can happen. I curse that in the name of Jesus. I speak life to your faith. I speak life to your spirit. I speak life to your anointing. I speak life to your vision. You are not alone. You are not alone. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is with you. From the back to the front. From the back to the front. Can we begin to shout the name of Jesus over and over? Jesus. 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 Till the devil hears this church shouting the name of Jesus. Let every principality, let every power, let every ruler of high places, every spiritual wickedness hear the voice of God. Jesus. Somebody worship that king. Somebody bow before him. Somebody exalt the one that's above all things. Someone let him know, I really need you. I really believe in you. I really trust you. I really lean on you right now, God. Trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That's the word of God. Let the word get in your spirit. God will not leave you. God's not going to drop you. God's not going to forget you. When you fear the enemy, you're having faith in your enemy. Hear me. When you fear the enemy, that's having faith in your enemy. When you fear God, that's having faith in God. If I go down, I'm going down believing God's going to protect me. If I get attacked, I'm going to get attacked believing God will bring away and get me out. That's how you got to believe. I've got faith in God because I fear him. Help them right now, Jesus. Help those young guys right there. Some of you young guys, come over here. Help me pray for these two young guys right here. 
Let the DJ, somebody come over here. Help me pray for these two young guys. Something going on right here. Something going on right there. Something going on right there. Whatever's going on right there. Let the Lord intervene right now. Let the Lord intervene right now. Let the Lord intervene right now. Something's going on, guys. Something's going on. Would you help me? Would you get in the spirit right now? Would you pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Would you pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Would you pray in the Holy Ghost? Would you pray with a, a mentality that God's praying through me? Come on. Come on. Let God pray through you. Let the Spirit of God pray through you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Every stronghold, let go. Every stronghold, let go now. Every stronghold, let go. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold, let go. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of the Lord. Someone needs fresh anointing on them right now. Come on, let God baptize you with a fresh vision of how great he is, how strong he is. He's mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Pray, Joel, pray. Pray, bro. Somebody, I feel the Holy Ghost. Lay hands on someone beside you. Wherever God tells you, lay hands on someone. Lay hands on someone. In the aisle, lay hands on someone. Speak in Jesus' name. 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 Speak, speak to the mountain. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. That's the Holy Ghost right there. That's it, sir. Get the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Somebody believe God. Somebody trust God. Somebody worship God. The Father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on. Come on. Be true with your worship. I'm not going to worship you now and worship my fear later. I'm going to worship you in truth, God, that you're greater than everything. It's true, God. You're the king of kings. It's true, God. You died for my sins. It's true, God. You love me with an everlasting love. It's true, God. You're greater than everything I'm facing. It's true. I worship you. Every lying spirit leave here in the name of Jesus. Every deceiving spirit leave here in the name of Jesus. 
Every tormenting spirit, leave here in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of hell sent to assassinate somebody's anointing and their mind and their faith. In the name of Jesus. 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 Strongholds come down. Somebody pull that stronghold down. Somebody pull that old fear down. Pull that old fear down. Pull it down. Pull it down. Pull it down. Come on. It's been hovering above your head too long. It's been laughing at you too long. Jezebel, you're coming out that window right now. You've threatened me too long. Oh, Shekata. A prophecy is over your life. There's a promise over your life. Trust God. He will perform it. He will perform it. I want you to hear this. This is coming to me right now. I want you to hear this. We're about to shout and worship the Lord. When, when Mary came to Elizabeth and they were both pregnant with promise, Elizabeth said these words to Mary. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Okay? Elizabeth said there shall be a performance of those things which were told her by the Lord. In the Greek, in the original text, it says this. There shall be a performance. That, this is what it means right here in the Greek. It says this word for word. There shall be an event that verifies your promise. There shall be an event that verifies your promise. In other words, what's been spoken over you, God's going to make manifest. And Mary's response was, my soul doth magnify the Lord. I've been afraid my boyfriend was going to leave me. I've been afraid everyone was going to attack me. I've been afraid the king was going to kill my baby. But now I'm going to magnify. And I speak it to you right now that you are on heaven's calendar. And there is an event that is that will verify your promise. Would you shout unto the Lord? Would you thank God? Promises are about to be fulfilled. Promises are about to be fulfilled. Prophecies will come to pass. Words from God will be manifest. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me out of all of my fears. (laughs) 
I'm just about done. The bishop's going to come up here. I want you to do something right now. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, as of this moment, you will fear the Lord. You will fear the Lord. As of this moment, keep telling them, you will fear the Lord. You will fear the Lord. Oh, how great is his power. How great is his majesty. How great is his dominion. How great is his authority. And from now on, you will fear God. Be holy, for I am holy. Be holy, for I am holy. You will fear his word. You will fear his commandments. I feel the Holy Ghost. You will fear his word and fear his commandments. Fear his word and fear his commandments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Johns is coming up here. But I wonder as he's coming... Can we lift up our voice and thank the Lord right now with fear? Can we thank him and fear him? In Jesus' name. Let's do lift our voices to the Lord again and magnify the Lord from the depth of our soul. Everyone, amen. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. My faith is in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is for us. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what I feel right now, what I see happening right now. I'm thankful for this. Amen. Thank you, Brother Herring, for your fasting and prayer for walking with God. Thank you, Sister Janae. It's a sacrifice to live with the man of God of the depth and passion and nature of your husband and the travel and all of that. And uh, to, to minister like this comes at a high price. It really does, and uh, I appreciate you paying that price as a family uh, to travel and minister to be such a blessing to people like us. Amen. And I just want to say this. if you, uh, We've got missions, conference, and lots of special things, but if you'd like to give a love offering directly to Brother and Sister Herring, you can pay it online. You can write a check, give it to an usher today or the next week or so, week or so, and just turn that in, and we'll pass that on to them. Tried to bless them through the years here and there, but I just kind of felt to do that. So let me just pastorally be practical right now. If you've been traumatized, they can introduce a spirit of fear to your life. Years ago, Ryan, and I know you're standing, so I'll try to be brief. Years ago, Ryan was just a little kid, and in Jackson, Mississippi, the Bible college sponsored a haunted house. What were we thinking? We were not thinking. And Ryan was just a little kid, and we took him. Just He was our first child, and it terrorized this little guy. And my wife and I were so upset at ourselves. But there's enough evil in our world. Some of you have been abused physically, sexually. Some of you have been terrorized by situations. You know, Shanna recently had an encounter that's scary. You know, somebody followed her, and... You know, I don't want to go into the story, but that's, that, that puts fear in you. It's a real fear. 
fear can be real, something to be afraid of. But fear can also be a phobia, an irrational fear. And there is a spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you're, if you're intentionally going into, I'm going to call it a form of some haunted house, you're watching scary media, you're introducing all this junk into your life that's scary, no wonder. It's not just hanging out in your conscious mind that you can turn on and off with the switch. You have introduced it into your conscious mind and to your subconscious mind. You've introduced it into your spirit. You've introduced it into your spirit. Some of this, I'm not blaming you for things that have happened to you, but when you welcome this into your life, when you take yourself to a haunted house, when you take your, and you're now celebrating what Satan revels in. I'm not here to just preach against Halloween right now or kind of give some discretion there, but that's not Christmas, it's not Easter. This is a holiday to celebrate the evil in the world. It's the devil's day. So I'm not, I'm not just trying to get on trick-or-treat right now, but I'm talking about our lives. When you, enter, you walk in this stuff, no wonder. You mentioned the news, and I read the news. You know, it's good. We live in a big city where somebody gets killed every day or several people get killed and robbed and carjacked and all of that. It happens all around us all the time. And it could, it could happen to you. But don't live the thing that I so greatly feared has come upon me. Don't live in fear. The last thing I want to say is that you cannot resist the devil if you are not submitted to God. What you said is true. Some people submit to God, they don't resist the devil. But you and I do not have the power to resist the devil. But submit yourselves unto God first. And if you will submit yourself to God and God's authority in your life, whether it is biblical, spiritual, pastoral, parental, your husband, if you will submit to God, then you will have the power to resist the devil. The power to resist the devil and evil comes through a submitted spirit to Almighty God. So would you just... Humble yourself beneath the mighty hand of God right now. Just before we go, would you open your heart to God? Would you release yourself? Would you come under the authority of God? Lord, for we do not fear the one that can destroy the body, but we fear the one who can destroy both body and spirit in hell. We submit under the mighty hand of God. We submit to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. I pray God for every person that has been terrorized and traumatized and abused and threatened Lord. I pray that you would give us power oh God over all the power of the enemy that you would give us the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and faith that by your name no evil power will hurt us. I pray for that God, the sun by day, the moon by night. I pray, God, that no matter what happens on our left hand or our right hand, but you would let there be a hedge around us, a shield of angelic protection, Lord, for we walk in the fear of God. We walk, oh God, in the covering of the grace of God and the blood and the spirit and the name and the word and under the authority that is in our lives. 
Now let's worship him with a shout again. Hallelujah. So when you go home, if you have a topical Bible or Google scriptures about fear and, and print them and put them around your house and teach them to your children and get that in your head and in your heart. In the moment of temptation, when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness, while he had fasted 40 days and he was a man of prayer, in the moment of temptation, he didn't pray, he quoted scripture back to the devil. The most powerful objective weapon you have in the moment of fear or temptation is to quote the word of God in the devil's face. It is written, man shall not live by bread or run. It is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Get the word of God in your head, in your heart. Tell it to the devil. It has power. God bless you. Amen. Well, I think we just need to worship the Lord. Yeah, I think that we need to thank God for what he just prayed and submit to what he just prayed over you because that was the shepherd covering you right there. And thank the Lord for what he just prayed over you because that is a protective prayer. And a protective prayer goes a long way from the shepherd over the sheep. Would you just submit to that prayer? I submit to what the pastor just prayed for me. I thank you for the protection of the Lord. That's what you do right now. And when you leave here, don't leave your sword in your sheath, but get in your Bible this week. Read your Bible this week like you've never read your Bible. In fact, start talking to God about how many chapters you should read a day and so on and so forth. But get back in the Word of God and your mind will experience a shift that will not ever be the same again. It will be temporal in, in, as far as this week, but you'll see eternal lasting effects of it when you walk in it in prayer and reading your Bible. God bless you in Jesus' name.